Welcome to the new episode of Starting Your Own Coffee Shop. I am Jerry Stolani, the founder of Cafe Chocolat in downtown DC. I had no experience when I started four years ago. And if I can do it, you can too. Tune in. This new episode is an episode that I have been wanting to record for a while. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, and, and it's very unique because I interview uh, a couple who had been listening to the podcast for a long time and then used the advice to start a really cool coffee shop concept in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Uh, so my guests in this episode are Jamie and Ryan Getchell, and um, it was supposed to be only about 30 minutes long, but we just kind of stayed on and it ended up being over an hour, uh, but it's, it's packed with advice. Um, it's a very open and honest discussion about running a shop, about starting a business from scratch and having no prior experience uh, to doing so, um, what are some of the most difficult things they had to go through and what are some things they thought that would be hard but uh, ended up being not so hard. Um, if you truly really wanted to open your shop, I think this would be an episode you want to listen to until uh, the last minute because it's definitely um it's, it's a definitely open discussion and, and very honest discussion about what is meaningful about being your own boss and what are some of the hard things about it as well. Um, as, as usual, if you like this uh, podcast, you know, please share it with your friends. If you find something interesting, if you think they'll find something interesting, share it with your friends. Also, this specific episode has a very cool feature if you listen to it in Spotify because it's actually a video. So you get to see uh, Ryan, Jamie, and I and just having this uh, uh, conversation. And now, without further ado, the long-awaited interview. Here we go. Welcome to this um, uh, new and, and unique episode of Restrata Time. I'm here with my guests, Ryan and Jamie Getchell, and they are the founders of Nest Family Cafe, um, which is um, a, a cafe that I have followed from afar. I follow you guys' Instagram page. Um, I follow some of the articles now that have been published locally about you guys, and um, um, we first got in touch via email when we were doing the podcast and, uh, you guys had started the process. Uh, so it, it's so cool to me to have followed you guys from like questions with like, Hey, where do you buy the cups? To, <laughs> you know, here, here we are. And I'm looking at videos of your staff kind of sniffing coffee or doing silly things around there. And, and I also want to talk about uh, the concept because mm -hmm. I love your concept. So the first thing that I want you guys to talk about is tell me a little bit about your coffee concept. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, first off, thank you for having us. We have been huge fans of yours over the last, what, year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's been a long journey for us. We started this almost a year and a half ago 
and we've only been open for about four months. So that takes it tells you how long it took us to get to this point. Yeah, um, four months. Yeah. Yeah. We opened June 6th. Okay. So it hasn't been that long. Um, well, in my mind, it feels like time flies. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. You grew up <laughs> fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we, we were desperate when we began searching for any kinds of tips and tricks because we had never mm-hmm. been business owners before and we'd never pulled a shot of espresso before. And when we stumbled upon your podcast, we were like, oh, this is going to be a really helpful resource. So yeah, I listened to every episode of Ristretto Time and found myself emailing George all the time asking, like you said, what kind of cups do we need and how many, I think I asked you how many towels we Size needed and cups. Yeah. all kinds of questions. So thank you. I feel like yeah. I know you, even yeah. though it's the first time I'm actually speaking with you in person, but yeah, thank you so much for all your guidance and wisdom. But. Awesome. No, I, 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 you know, I, I loved helping you guys out because I felt like I, I'd actually just closed the shop maybe like six months earlier. Um, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was still kind of involved in it, you know, just kind of helping you, um, out with, uh, with some of the questions. So, so that was awesome. Thank you actually for giving me that. <laughs> so Brian and I have three kids ages six, five, and two, and we used to love going to coffee shops when we were dating. And that was just kind of our thing. Like we would just go hang out and we'd sit and talk and enjoy a cup of coffee. But when we had kids and tried to do that, (laughs) it was a total disaster. (laughs) Very different experience when you bring a baby into a coffee shop. And we quickly realized that, you know, it wasn't the most welcoming environment for families to come in with a newborn and the baby starts crying or whining and you kind of feel bad because people are on their computers trying to work or people are trying to have a meeting and it's we just felt for the first time out of place I guess in the mm-hmm. coffee shops that we used to really like going to um, there was never a changing table or anything like that when we needed things for the baby so we were like well what's around here for families and everything seemed to be like really high energy like arcade type stuff trampoline parks um, loud music kind of germy like ball pit places and there was no chill coffee shop place where parents could just go with their kids but like everybody else there's a parent too with their kids so nobody's giving you side eye when your baby starts whining or something um so we started brainstorming like what are all the things that we would want when we go out with three kids that we wish these places had like not those gross pull down from the wall metal changing tables <laughs> but right. like a real changing table and yeah. a diaper genie and like a nursing chair with maybe some privacy curtains and a bottle warmer like all those just basic amenities when you're a parent um and we started asking around to kind of I guess like our group of friends and yep. family like parents hey are, well. are we crazy or is this something <laughs> that society seems to be lacking And everyone was like, oh my gosh, I would live at a place like that. If you created that, we would go there like every day. So we started getting just a lot of validation from people that we really loved and respected. And um, Ryan can tell the the job part of it, but Mm -hmm. he ended up quitting his job over a year ago to pursue this together. And I guess the rest is history, but there's the pandemic played a big role in that. About that part. Yeah. So, I mean, we were living a pretty comfortable life. I 15 years in the tech industry, you know, 
we had benefits and, you know, house, two car garage, all that and stuff. Um, but when the pandemic hit, uh, all the tech jobs went remote. And so I was working actually right, right in there, made a little office. And at first it was nice because I got to be home with the family and see them more, but I'm just a very like type a working with people, um, and seeing everybody through a screen just really it messed with my head. Oh, yeah. I couldn't transition yeah. upstairs to being a dad and a, and a husband. And, you know, our relationship started to suffer and we're like, well, I could switch to another tech job and continue to work in the basement or we could do something else. Um, yeah. And so for about a month, we kind of ran the idea of the coffee shop and looking for jobs in parallel um, just to explore, right. Just to see it, if uh, the idea had legs and, yeah. We eventually got to a point where we were sitting on a bench at a local coffee shop with uh, an intent to lease from a space um, that we had found and a job offer from a company in Boston with Ooh. stock options and higher pay, sign-on bonus. They even upped the like title from what I had applied. <laughs> like they were going all out because at the time they couldn't find, you know, people. And we sat there and we talked about it. We, we literally made a pros and cons we list. We made a pros and cons list. <laughs> we we said a little prayer and we we're like, you know what? We don't want to be on our deathbed having somebody stole our idea or worse, I would say, not knowing what it could have been. Because we really thought, and we can get into the concept a little bit more, but like what it could be, especially since yeah. it was unique and not around, it's like, what could this grow into? How could we together grow it, especially as parents ourselves? And we we were like, well, we're going to have to be all in. I can't just, you know, work in the evenings on this. And I I also felt like if we were going to do it, I had to be 100% committed. We couldn't just have this lifeline like, OK, if it fails, maybe, you know, we can fall back. Like you don't make good decisions that way. You kind of just have to go mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, it was very risky, you know, yeah. uh, but we ran some numbers and people thought we were insane. Yeah. It's yeah. funny what you can live off of when you don't have a salary. <laughs> you, that's you that's, a lot of that's true. That's true. So, uh, yeah. So that was, um, what was that? May, May 15th, 2021. Yeah. I quit my wow. job. Uh, and we leased, started leasing the space, uh, in July. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can get, actually didn't open until June of 2022. So almost a year after we like started leasing and started working on it, uh, did we actually open? So it was a long road, but uh, three months in, four months in, you know. Wow. And say it was worth it. Yeah. Wow. So, so looking back at it, you know, what, what do you think? So I think you have to be doing it for more than just like a selfish motivation, right? Like if you're going in for money, you're going in for like, well, I'm going to be the best coffee shop or something like there's people smarter than you. There's people more experienced than you, than you right? And you have to go in with a vision of something and a passion for something um, more altruistic um, where on those days when sales are just in the tank, wow. it's not, it still hits you hard, but it's, you can, you can, you know, look at a conversation you had with, you know, a parent that is crying because they found, you know, the one formula on our donation shelf that they had been driving around for two hours, right? Like that, oh. that only happens because we opened the, this concept in this coffee shop. And so if sales were slow that day, yeah, 
hey, it's all right. I mean, you still have to run a business, but it's those things that keep you going. And so if you're solely focused on making money or, you know, about, you know, how it makes you look, yeah. it's just going to be a rough, rough road. Um, and you'll lose, I think, sight of where you want to go with the business and how you want to, you know, really help the community and your customers. Yeah. You know, um, one of the biggest things that I noticed when I switched from like a corporate job to kind of doing this is again, just like you, um, you know, you go from having, I don't want to say a comfortable living, but you know, you get your paycheck every two weeks and you get your insurance and you just get off work at five. And if you want to go hang out with your buddies, you can do that. If you want to lay down on the couch, you can do that. But you know, one of the things that I would always talk to Lori and my wife about all the time is, you know, cause she would say like, you know, how are you not stressed? You know, like, how are you not stressed? Like you, you've been up since like 4am and you're coming home at nine. And the difference was that in my mind, I truly, I was more stressed when I was working a nine to five, mm -hmm. right. Than I was <laughs> at the shop, even though the stuff I was dealing at the shop with was more pressing, probably had bigger repercussions, not just for me, but for my family or whoever, the people that relied on me. But for some reason, you know, you don't feel that stress. And I think it's just like you said, it's those instant gratification interactions that you have. You know, you see, you see somebody just happy at what you gave them. You just made their day, right? And it, it meant nothing to you. You just kind of pouring coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it, to them, it was their day because they just, you know, broke up with whoever or whatever. And, and they just want that pick me up. And, and just that alone and those interactions, everybody coming in, everybody knows you, everybody's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> you, you, in a weird way, you now matter to your entire community. Yeah. Right? If before you were just a random guy with a laptop, you know, trying to do stuff. <laughs> now you're that guy, everybody comes to, to change their day. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least that's what, you know, I really know that's, that. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. That happened just yesterday. I was at work and a mom came in and I've, I've probably seen her in the shop four or five times and said hello and um, didn't even really know her story up until yesterday. I was putting some stuff away. We have a blessing corner where mm -hmm. our customers can donate items and it's all free for customers in need. So it's things like diapers and wipes and um like baby Formula. clothes, formula is yeah. a big one. But I was organizing the blessing corner and she was in our private nursing area, nursing her baby. And that's right in front of the, the blessing corner area. So she saw me back there and she said with tears in her eyes, like, I just wanted to say thank you for this space. I've been struggling so much with postpartum depression and I just lost my mom. And I don't know how I'd be getting through this period in my life right now if I didn't have a place to go. And she had her newborn and her son was in our play area and she was just very teary and, mm. and grateful to have a place in the community that is kind of meeting her where she's at right now in this season of her life. Mm. Um, and now I have that connection with her and I know her at a deeper level than mm. I feel like we were ever able to know people yeah. in yeah. the corporate world. Like mm. you work with a customer in the co corporate world, you finish your transaction yeah. and then you're done. But here it's like, it's so relational. And yeah. that's really, I think that's like the impetus that keeps us going on those, maybe those slower days where you're like, oh, what did I do? It's like, <laughs> well, no, this is what I did. This is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely, you know, does something to you when you do uh, work that's meaningful to you, right? Yeah. And yep. you kind of realize that 
you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if what you're doing is not meaningful, it doesn't really matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one, one of the things and that when you have, when you start a, a business, you know, nothing about, right. Like you just like me, you know, didn't know how to do a coffee. Right. So there are things that kind of you look at and you're like, Oh, this, this will probably be easy to do. And there's some things that you're like, okay, this is going to be like really, really hard, but then you get into it. And the easy ones look actually are harder and the easy, the harder ones are easier. Um, are there some of the things that you thought would be easy and they actually turned out to be really hard and you know, I'm sure there are some things that you thought were hard, but then once you got into them, you're like, oh, this is easy. It's a good question. It actually makes me think of that episode on one of your podcasts <laughs> where you talked, there was a book you talked about where there was in the book, there's like an, an old man and all these kids. Think oh, he's yay. Really yeah. so big. <laughs> that's, then, right, that's right. As um, you walk up closer, like the closer you get yeah, to him, the smaller so he becomes. And then you realize he's actually this really tiny man. It's all, it was all your perspective all along. Right, and I feel right. like that's so applicable to what we're going through right now. It seems like every new challenge that comes up, yeah. there's that like really daunting feeling inside. Like, Oh my gosh, like we need to, I don't know, pay taxes for this. And how yeah. do we set that up? Or we need to partner with this organization to do this. And everything just seems so like, I don't know where to begin. How am I going to do this? But then when you actually start looking into it, it's like, oh, like I just fill out this form and that's all there is. Or you <laughs> hire somebody else to do yeah, it. Or you figure, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you build a yeah. team of people around you who know what they're yeah. doing. And then you actually, it's like a win-win because you get yeah. the support of other people and you don't have to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I think just taking each thing one at a time. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to like get really <laughs> frazzled. So I've had to utilize things like Trello. Um, mm -hmm. we, we use a Trello board to organize the different tasks that we have to do and where we are um, like priority wise and how far along we are in accomplishing those tasks. And I think keeping an organizational system like that really helps me <laughs> yeah. filter through all the millions yeah. of things that can become overwhelming. But I'd say like the biggest challenge has just been the work life balance for me as a mom mm. and now a new business owner mm. um trying to balance like my time at the shop I want to be present there but then when I'm home I also need to be present here but people are constantly asking us questions on email social media and I want to be responsive to our customers but having to set like appropriate work boundaries I think is what I'm learning is the most helpful thing for me yeah. um, to get through that yeah, yeah. I would say Finding a frozen sliced banana supplier. <laughs> yeah, that took <laughs> So like finding suppliers, I thought it would just be like, oh, you call up somebody that has it. And, and that, but that whole food service, like food supply mm -hmm. industry, it is so, we, we always talk about like old school versus new school, right? Like you go on Amazon and something's there like the next day, right? And in some cities, the same day. Yeah. But when you work with these food supplier vendors, it's it's a process. You have yeah. to get a credit check. Their systems yeah. are old school. Sometimes they don't even have systems. You're like mailing it or not mailing, but like emailing a form, yeah. right? And um, you know, then trying to figure out like things for food. Like you want to check the quality and what it looks like and what it tastes like, and then you have to order samples. And frozen sliced bananas was the biggest thing hardly anybody around here supplied them we found one vendor the minimums were so high 
but it was that or we have our our workers spend hours every week slicing. Wow. We were going through 200 pounds of fresh bananas a week and freezing, freezing. Do you guys do smoothies? Do you guys do smoothies now? Yeah. Because we're so um, child focused, we refuse to put anything in our smoothies to thicken them that would be gotcha. like an unnatural yeah. additive. Gotcha. So we only use bananas to thicken the smoothies. Gotcha. And that was a decision we made early on, but we didn't yeah. know at the time how difficult it was going to be <laughs> to get frozen yeah. sliced bananas. But we we found them and we went a couple months of ordering mm -hmm. and losing some bananas. Mm. For I'll, I'll, I'll save it for off the podcast as to what happened to that. But we lost a few yeah. boxes for improper storage, let's say. And, um, you know, uh, it became evident that we need a lower minimum and we asked and they gave it to us. And I think that's kind of the thing is you stress about these things mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, well, it's, you know, you have to order this much and it has to be this amount of money. And then it's like, well, if you want our business or we're going elsewhere, can you lower the minimums? And then within a couple of days, they're like, yeah, sure. And they actually asked for what the order would be for the minimum amount. And we put in what we needed and sent it to them and they're like, okay, sure. And now that's our our new minimum. And so I think a lot of these things are hard, but if you keep asking the questions and, you know, you keep searching and I think we even found these people through our like eco lab vendor, like it was yeah. this person knew this person knew this mm -hmm. person. And, you know, I think that's some of the experience that like, we just thought you call up somebody and they would have it, but finding the right, you know, partners for your business oh. um, that can deliver the right product at the right time uh, and be easy to work with. <laughs> Yeah. and just kind of put it on autopilot. I think that's been the thing that's been tougher uh, to find than, than I would have thought. Cause also in fairness too, like, I don't want to, you know, crap on, on vendors, but like they're, they're struggling with the pandemic and supplies and mm -hmm. people and stuff. And it's, of course, you know, it's coming through, you know, to, to the end, end people ordering it. So we understand it. Um, but I think, you know, we are like, Oh, the pandemic's ending, you know, it's going to be fine. But I think there's reverberations for this for years to come. Um, so working through that has been difficult. Um, but yeah. what they can do. So. And, and what route do you guys take on, on the equipment? Are you buying leasing? So <laughs> um, we bought the majority of our equipment on eBay. Um, <laughs> we, Smart. Yeah. And so I will say out of, so the big pieces of it, it's like a car, Jerish, like yeah. the minute it's driven off a lot, like it loses so much of its value, but these commercial things are built to like take a beating yeah. and they're super serviceable. So we're like, man, we could buy three of these for a new one. Why not? I think one yeah. came with a warranty and the freezer and it wouldn't freeze like we started up when we got it but then the fit up took longer and so a month later we fired it up and it it wouldn't get to freezing but they had like a 60-day warranty on it i called the place in chicago that i'd ordered it from and they reimbursed me like 500 bucks for the freezer thing so like oh. i think it's not the ebay of like you know 20 years ago or 30 years ago i don't know when eBay started but you know it's it's reputable companies if you can find uh the right one and the way they ship it on pallets is you know super professional, just like you would get from any other place. Um, so yeah, some of them are kind of dinged. I think our freezer, the, the one freezer under the counter that customers can see is a big ding, <laughs> but you know, beggars can't be choosers when we're starting, you know, it keeps everything cold. Um, I think we bought a couple things new that were more rare items. So we do bento box style kids food called mess boxes. 
Um, and so we didn't have the room for any like Chipotle style encounter, you know, fridge um, thing. So we had to buy what's called a refrigerated prep rail that sits on top. Um, and so that thing we had to buy new, but pretty much and the espresso machine, I think we bought new yeah. just because that's the <laughs> that's the baby of the shop. But <laughs> everything else was was used. And, you know, thankfully, you know, some of the stuff has had issues here and there. But I mean, that's just par for the course. And mm -hmm. You know, overall, I'm pretty happy. Granted, we're only three months in, but for used equipment, it's it's pretty solid so far. So yeah. Now, um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because I I think about you know what I did and I bought everything new because I was like, well, I'm sorry, new job. I spent forty two thousand dollars on this stuff. Yeah. I and I cared for them like they were my babies. You know, I clean them every day, every night. You know, I, I probably did a better job cleaning my store than cleaning my house. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I yeah. sold all of them on eBay to somebody who was opening the shop <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. yep. for like $14,000. Yeah. Yep. I could have rented them, could have bought, you know, <laughs> used stuff and saved some money to do something else. But, uh, you know, it's one yep. of the things you learn. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're taking your temps every day. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know your equipment's working. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, going back to um, the the work life balance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think this is really important. Uh, how do you how involved are you with the business, right? Are you are you kind of like I'm here to manage? Here's my staff, guys. This is the work that needs to be done, and I gotta go now. Take care of my stuff. Um, or are you actually in the schedule and you're you know? the bar, the smoothie bar, the whatever, a different yeah. today. We, so we've done, we're doing better now than we were when we first started about trying to remove ourselves from the the day-to-day -day processes that we don't need to really necessarily be involved in now that we have a trained staff. But yeah, we hired a nanny at the beginning of the summer to watch our kids. Mm, uh, it was part of, it was part of our, kind of like our business plan that we yep. were going to factor that in yeah. <laughs> um because we knew we would both have to be 100 present at the shop for the summer and not be pulled away for every little thing with three kids that can happen all day long so <laughs> um we were very much involved for the first i would say two months that we were open every day yeah. um every single day both of us open to close <laughs> yeah um and we actually, we get our donuts and muffins from a bakery in another town. So I get up very early and drive to that other town to get that every morning and then drive back to our town <laughs> with the baked goods. And my day was just going from like 6.30, o'clock-ish mm -hmm. until probably like six o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just like the physical time spent in the shop, not mm -hmm. including all the social media <laughs> and like Canva stuff to make graphics and images and all that for for the next day so yeah it was a lot in the beginning but we knew it was temporary so I think that gave us the motivation to just push through that and then we were able to pull back slowly with our nanny um Ryan and I then went down to he would work I would work mornings open, yeah. and he would come in at lunchtime and then he would do afternoons through close so that started helping with the work-life balance because then it was like, okay, now I'm working half days and he's working half days. And now just starting this week, finally, so four months in, 
we are alternating days. Um, so he works three days a week and I work three days a week. And so we both get to be home with our kids three days a week and working three days a week. So it's like the best of both worlds that we were shooting yeah. for. Um, but we are still more involved in the day-to-day than we would like to be. Yeah. I think we are debating hiring a manager. We had a manager. Very, We were very blessed with an amazing <laughs> employee when we first opened. Um, it was like God just handed her to us and said, you're going to need this person <laughs> and she's going to be so amazing. You're going to want to make her a manager. <laughs> and we did. And then unfortunately, she went back to school in Chicago mm. and we're hoping to have her back on breaks, but we maybe January, maybe January. Yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, we have to make it work without a manager. So oh. it's either Ryan or myself. That's the manager on duty every day. And that sometimes looks like making coffee. Sometimes it looks like being on register, training. making smoothies, making lunches, training, constant training. Yep. Constant. Oh. Yeah. A lot of lots of procedures, mm-hmm. lots of, um, you know, quick reference sheets. Like we're learning how to remove ourselves by, um, cause it's so tough, right? There's yeah. different shifts. There's people who want to open people want to close and like, you could tell, you know, three people, but then the other three people didn't get it. Right. And, you know, without a manager there, we have to reiterate it like 12 times before the crew gets it. And so we've learned to do you know, more procedural based stuff, training multiple times just to make sure people have gotten it. We have a long way to go to, to I think, really nail it down, but we're both process based people. It's a little so. things too. Like the other day he called me and said, how much seasoning goes in the chicken salad? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I eyeball it. Yeah. It's right. I, do, I do it to taste. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm training two our he's newer baristas and they want to know how much they can measure out for the mm-hmm. salt and pepper and onion powder and garlic powder. And I'm like, I don't know. Just taste it. Yeah. And <laughs> One of us, it's those things. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I guess I need to write this down if I ever want to remove myself from yeah. the process. So we're learning yeah. that we need to really take this stuff seriously yeah. if we ever want to like get out from behind the bar. Yeah. One thing that uh, worked for for us, uh, and I copied this from another job that I was working at because the manager would do this at the job. Uh, it's called like three minute manuals. So like I would ask anybody who was the best at anything, like mm-hmm. write down how you do stuff so that somebody can actually read it and learn it in three minutes, mm-hmm. right? It would be like, one, do this, two, do this, three, do this, four, do this. And, and I would have like a binder with on like how to clean the espresso machine. How do you make this? How to do this? How did, and it was like our, our three minute manual, you know, or like five minutes, whatever the minutes, but like have that. And you can kind of like, the first thing is like, you know, if something pops up, well, just look at the manual, you know, and you just kind of go through there. Oh, this is how you do that. And then if it wasn't there, then it was an opportunity for somebody to kind of put that down and like you know and you just write 10 steps yeah. on how to do this That's um, and then the other thing uh, for for ingredients you know um for lack of a better word i was like I'm, I'm gonna try to do everything idiot proof you know so instead of saying two ounces of this like i would have a a thing that was a two ounce measure and i'd be like use the blue one for this <laughs> use the red yeah. one for that like there's no and and that way you know you kind of in a in a way, at least for me, maybe I'm, I'm a little paranoid, but you kind of almost like hide your recipe as well, right? Because you're not saying mm-hmm. this is how your recipe is done. Two ounces of this, five minutes of that, mm-hmm. like 
three seconds of this. You're like, no, you use this, this, this mix, <laughs> this mix. And, you know, they yeah. can't take that anywhere else. And kind of <laughs> be like, oh, I'm going to do exactly the same hot chocolate that we did there because I know how to do it. You know? Interesting. Yeah. You know, because like, for example, for us, the, the big thing was hot chocolate and people would come in with cameras and, and, and you know, when people are in from the industry and they're really kind of trying to pick your, your thing and, you know, like pull the camera. It's like, oh, uh, Hey, what is that you're using over there? And people yep. couldn't tell what it was because it was a mix that I would do like once a week or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a special mix. Talk to Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that. Um, but everybody had a blue scoop or whatever to, <laughs> to you know, uh, pour it in. But, um, you know, so, so maybe, and, and I also, I think I may have a solution for your Canva thing. I don't know how much time you spend on it, but if, you know, if you're looking for somebody in Colombia who, who you can pay $250, let me know <laughs> all your designs. Ooh, we'll have to, to <laughs> chat offline. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, what, I currently do now at my current job, you know, you kind of pick up some of the old skills and some of the old people. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll put you on a retainer, $250 a month. This is all the stuff that I need. Oh, know? wow. And, um, and do it that way. So, yeah. Um, one, one thing, and I kind of want to go back to um, one of the things that, that Ryan, you were talking about, you know, when you transition from your job to this and, and I, and I talked about it, I think on like the second or third, episode of the podcast um you know kind of having a north star right like mm -hmm. going day to day here you know there's going to be like not just days like weeks when you're not making the money you should be making something happens in the neighborhood something happens you know with the economy or whatever mm -hmm. um and you you kind of need to have something more than i'm gonna you know make a lot of money to keep you going right um you know, what, what is you guys is kind of that North star. Yeah. I mean, so in case you haven't guessed, you know, we're Christian. <laughs> um, and for us, um, you know, we're called to love other people. And mm -hmm. I think our definition of what that was in the past might've been like, Oh, well, you give some money to the church or you go to church every Sunday. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think during COVID, um, when we're all stuck inside and couldn't see anybody and, you know, what, it, what does it look like to, you know, be a change in, in the world that is mm. suffering so much? Mm. Um, and how do you love on people um, where they're at, you know, with oh. no expectations of that? And so we really felt just, I mean, coffee shops are so unique in general, right? Like you can't really say this about maybe some restaurants, but no. it's that relational connection, the regulars that come in, new people, mm -hmm. and especially with our concept, you know, people struggling with postpartum or mm -hmm. the stay-at-home dad that's looking to socialize or something. You know, we really felt that, you know, this was an opportunity for us to love on people, especially ones that were isolated during COVID and you know, what we struggle with, I struggle with mental, uh, we both struggle with mental health, you know, and, and anxiety and fear. And I think everybody does. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nowadays, right. we're all, yeah, we just, have we don't talk about people. it. We all have something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like, we wanted a safe space to be able to love on people mm. and just, you know, serve them, right. We're yeah. called to serve and 
you know, that's not to say that we're not to provide for our family. And obviously finances are part of that. And and you have to, the business has to work. Right. Um, But your North star, our North star for us was just loving on, on people. And we really felt like we could do that with this concept. And it's been tough. You know, I've had some financial idols, I think draining our 401k has been a little tough, but in the end, you know, um, you can't take it with you. Right. And nobody on their deathbed is like, well, I wish I, you know, worked more at some, you know, crummy job and made, you know, more money. No, it's, I wish I spent more time with family. I wish I helped more in my community. I wish I served people. Right. Like it's, it's those altruistic things that I think as you get older, you start to realize and you become less self-focused and more other focused. And, you know, we really felt like opening this business would really, um, you know, help us kind of be that light in, in a community and, and be a light in a darkness, especially after a pandemic that just, you know, it's not just the disease, right? It's, it's yeah. the emotional mental health and the family. I mean, so many people, you know, had troubles with their families, ourselves included, right? Because of different practices and, and, you know, beliefs about things and the political, it's just right. a mess, right? The world is a mess and we wanted to provide just, you know, that little oasis that people could come, have some coffee, have their kids be happy mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, have that five minute conversation like you were saying that just picks them up for the day. And it's amazing how we as humans, like, I think you got a compliment from somebody because you said you liked their hair. And like two weeks later, she was like, yeah, that was that like just has made I can't stop thinking about it. It's made my the day. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah second time and thanked me for saying that and how it stuck with her for the whole week and it's like what yeah wow (laughs) so it's so easy to love on people but I think a lot of times we get caught up in nine to fives and our schedules and our routines and you know we're not Mm. looking to make the world a better place and I know that sounds kind of silly but like we have such power to with our words and actions to um you know change the world for for the better and you know, what better place yeah. to do it than at a coffee shop? Yeah, I think <laughs> part of that too is also the the mom world in particular. If you mm. look on like Instagram and stuff, I think it was starting to trend in this almost like dangerous direction of this mom perfectionism mm. where these yeah. were making yeah. these really elaborate lunch boxes for their kids and they always have their makeup done and their hair done and stuff. And it's so fake and it's so uh, staged. Yeah. And yeah having gone through motherhood three times over now yeah. seeing how unrealistic that is to yeah. try to you know have have that standard to meet right and, and seeing other moms trying to meet that standard is so yeah. hard to watch yeah. and it was important to me because I went through a postpartum period with um, one child in particular but just to create a space where moms could be around other moms and see what the reality of this is. <laughs> and that it's not what you're seeing on Instagram. And if it's not what you're seeing on TV, yeah. there is no standard that you have to uphold. Like absolutely, we've got moms who come in and just, I'm, gonna, I'm yeah, just gonna say, say yeah. like pull out a boob and start <laughs> no, nursing no, their babies. No, and no. Like, there's no judgment. There's no. no, nobody makes them feel weird. And that's, to me, that's a good day. That's mission accomplished, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you came in, you got to feed your child. You got to have a coffee. You got to hang out with other moms who are doing the same thing. Oh. Nobody's judging you. You're not 
feeling like you have to meet some unrealistic societal standard. And it just feels good to see the moms kind of taking that deep breath and being like, okay, it's okay. Nobody else in here is dressed up or looks like they came came all prepared to, with their makeup on and everything. Like one lady walked in one day and just like busted the door open and she was like, I might have toothpaste all over my shirt, but I'm here and I made it and I'm proud of myself. Like it's that kind of stuff that that North star, I think oh. like knowing that you're just creating a space where moms can, can feel the realness yeah. of yeah. what it means to be a mom is really parenting rewarding. is hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, just going to add to that because, you know, when, when I, when I think of the North star, I think of like what keeps you going every day. Right. But you guys kind of went beyond that and turned that into what you do every day. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> I look at your blessing corner and actually when I saw it the first time, I was like, Oh, they're not monetizing that space. They should be selling <laughs> all of that stuff. You know, it's like money that you're leaving on the city. But then you kind of look back at the concept, right? And you're like, but especially what what drives you guys, and it's that faith, is that building that community through faith and and through through, you know, kind of not making you know everything about revenue, right? <laughs> like there's there's social revenue, and not it doesn't have to be monetary, mm. right? And mm. and and that was like kind of made sense, you know. Um, well, it, obviously it it fits very well the concept. It's it fits very well with what um, you guys are doing. So. So it's it's kind of nice to see that North Star kind of, you know, permeate everything into what you do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think when, when you approach, like you guys are doing, you know, uh, when you approach everything with love, you actually get to see it in your employees as well, right? Like, I mean, work is stressed, it's stressful, right? Like they're expected to perform, they're expected to do, they, you know, they, you don't want lines out the door, you know, just because people want to be on their cell phones instead of just serving customers, right? You know how, like, you know, 17-year-olds are nowadays, right? Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> so, but but when you, when when your employees kind of see you out there and then you're kind of creating all this good energy around, it, 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 it helps. Like, it, it, it even, yeah. you know, like your customers see it, your employees see it, you know, and it just... It makes it worth it you know that's uh yeah it's um uh, i think it's it's what makes or breaks a lot of businesses mm. yeah well uh, customers have um hypocrisy uh detectors yeah <laughs> and they you know they have their beliefs and 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 they want to they re you know they resonate with businesses that are are similar and real and i think even now more than ever with social media and everything being tweeted and you know posted a million times you know the fakeness comes out very quickly mm -hmm. and I think there isn't any other way to run a business nowadays except to be yeah. transparent and humble and and real like we make mistakes yeah. so does everybody else yeah. right like and I think customers see that and they're like yeah that's that's me I make mistakes I make mistakes yeah. at work with my kid and here yeah. are two parents that do the same thing but you know they want to support that and I think the that support for your concept and your mission, you know, we tell our, our baristas, like, it's not, I this coffee podcast here, so I may get in trouble, but it's not about the coffee, right? Like the coffee is the, the method in which you deliver that experience. Right. Um, and unless you have that experience or North star first, 
the coffee is always going to fail, even if you make the best coffee in the world. Yeah. Because it's not good, the mission isn't going to resonate with the customer. And there's 12 other coffee shops right down the street that they can choose from. Right. Absolutely. So um, Absolutely. we've been humbled by, you know, our staff and our mm. customers and, you know, we're just being us, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but it's tough admitting your flaws, admitting yeah. wrong and being transparent all the time because you want to put up that perfect front. But every time, you know, we drop our guard, it's it's been so rewarding. And you grow as a person and, and learn yourself and yeah. even more rewarding. Yeah. Now, how, how do you guys uh, hire? Like, is there a process? Is there something you look for in like your baristas or, you know, just people behind the bar? Yeah. So we felt like since we didn't have any barista experience, it wouldn't be fair for us to require other people to have barista experience. Mm. Um, now, whether or not that's a good <laughs> decision on our part is yet to be determined. Um, but it's it has served us very well yeah. so far. We, if we had made that a requirement and not, we wouldn't have our staff because only one, only two people people. on our staff had previous coffee experience. Um, And one of those people had to go back to school and one is taking a gap year and is staying with us right now. And she's amazing. But the, uh, the entire rest of our staff had never made coffee outside of their kitchen (laughs) before. Um, so yeah, making coffee in the past or having some kind of coffee background was never a requirement for us. Um, for me, it's really personality. I'm, I'm a big people person. And, and for me, if you are somebody that I think our customers will like, and somebody who has a heart that's willing to learn and take direction, that's probably the biggest piece if you're somebody that's open to um, being told, hey, this is the way we do this here. Right. Um, and we're not sure if it's right or wrong. And we want you to come along for the ride with us and make suggestions if you see a way we could do it differently, but in like a kind and respectful way, of course. Like that's the kind of person that we look for is somebody that um, I guess character wise fits the vibe of what we're looking for, like somebody trustworthy, dependable, Mm -hmm. and willing to learn and willing to make mistakes and not have it be the end of the world. And um, Uh, we actually just had our first layoff and that was a difficult experience for us. Um, And it was an overstaffing problem, which we're, I feel bad even saying that in the times that we're living in right now that we were overstaffed, but we are being featured on our local news station next month that's awesome yeah we're excited about it but we we ramped up our staffing in anticipation of the special airing and it was at the same time that back to school started and just every we over prepared first fall (laughs) yeah and we over prepared for the season change and it was our labor costs were too high and we ended up having to let someone go and it was the last person who was hired was the first person that we had to Mm -hmm. say goodbye to um so we're learning like not to be so reactionary i guess when we think that something's gonna affect sales or something like oh we gotta hire more people um because we've been very blessed to get a good amount of like, I think good candidates. And we've tried different avenues like Indeed. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of luck on Indeed. Mm. I find there's a lot of people that 
are just firing mm -hmm. off resumes left and right trying to get a job but yeah. maybe haven't necessarily taken the time to like really research who we are as a company and we are kind of a, a niche business yeah. like it's different and it's important to know that you're going to be working with kids all day and we do have a bunch of people with um experience early like in child care yeah. early childhood ed education and that helps too yeah but mostly yeah, yeah we put out social media call outs for, apply. Yeah. for job applicants yeah. and then we usually get a bunch of applicants and we've had like over 50 applicants yeah since for we our opened space. yeah nuts, oh, okay yeah it's great yeah. i think um we always say like we can more or less we can train you to do the job yeah but it's very difficult near impossible to train somebody to have a good personality and customer service <laughs> yeah right what do you say like be happier you know like we all like we're very much about identifying with our customer we say like mm -hmm. pick one thing don't don't be weird about it but like pick one thing about the customer and identify with them is it their kid is it their clothes is it this or that right like you know get to know them and some people just are too introverted or they don't want to or they're too nervous um Oh. And, you know, it's a certain personality type that you kind of know when you, you meet them. So we hire a lot for culture fit mm -hmm. um, because I think one of our best employees probably took the longest to like learn actually how to make coffee. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, was was great with the customer. She would even go out and like while a customer was ordering, like the kid would be bugging the the mom or something and she'd take the kid over to the chalk wall and be like do you mind if i like play with the kid while we order and the mom would be like oh my gosh thank you so much like things like that just make our brand and so we were patient with her on learning the coffee stuff and some people just take longer to learn and you you manage around that and you know shuffle people around yeah. but now she makes a mean cup of coffee and um you know took a lot of trainings and stuff some people pick it up quickly some people don't yeah. but we haven't had somebody granted we've only had one layoff but i would say we haven't had anybody where we're like they can't do the job but yeah. i think we have had people where we're like well i'm not 100% sure like you can be a, like the culture fit and the personality that we yeah. want to be the face of our brand because we essentially want everybody to be a stand-in for us yeah. right in terms of interacting with the customer mm -hmm. um yeah. so we're learning from interviewing you know people what what seems to like personality traits and characteristics that seem to hit um but you know we're never going to be 100 accurate but so far so good um mm. and then the last thing i think being strong on what your brand is like granted we're a little niche and unique but we've had a lot of people come saying i want to work here because mm. of what you do and that sort of employee is going to work 10 times harder yeah. than even if they because we actually don't pay as much as other places just because yeah. we can't but our our people work you know I'd like to say, you know, twice as hard as other places yes, they get really good tips. and they get really good tips given our, our, the, the clientele as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's something special when people like want to work for your company, not just because eh, it's another coffee shop, but like, I really love kids. I really, I, I'm a you know mom myself or something like that. Yeah. Um, cause, cause they're going to work for you, right. They believe in the mission. So finding somebody that believes in the mission will inevitably hopefully make a good employee. That's so. awesome. Um, what, uh, what percent of your, I mean, you've been open for four months now, what percent of your employees have been with you since the start? 
So two. Two have been since the start. Seven. Or, well, probably eight or nine. Um, a lot we, of still have, we still have some. So yeah, we had a lot of people go back to school. Mm -hmm. um, one's just working on Saturday now. Um, she's a student too. So she's, yeah. she's in classes all during the week. And then she's with us on Saturdays. And then we have um, a high school student that comes in and closes. So it's, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we kind of plug and play wherever we <laughs> wherever we can fit everybody. But yeah, yeah. I I think you know for me that was like the toughest part of the job, like yeah, the the hiring, you know, training. I mean, I I did it differently from you guys, where I required at least two years of of coffee experience, and, and mm -hmm. that didn't mean two years of Starbucks. Like if you came to the shop with two years of Starbucks, like. You, you, from from our perspective or from my perspective you just didn't know anything about coffee right because like, <laughs> we we were very kind of coffee centric like trick yeah. and coffee centric and actually you know like because i i wanted to kind of have that and and obviously customers would come and ask me about a lot of stuff but it, mm -hmm. i didn't want to be there all all day long just mm -hmm. like you guys right so so i'll try to do like manuals about you know how would i train somebody on chocolate that crash course on whatever tr mm. crash course on, on coffee. Uh, but what that did for me was um, it made it so much harder because like, I, I think I would go through, I don't know, 30, 35 people a year then and mm. half of them would quit and half or, or would leave and half of them I would fire myself, you know? But, yeah. Um, and it makes it really hard because, you know, you don't want to do that, you know, but, but you have no other choice, you, you know, like if somebody's not, kind of carrying their weight you you it's a you know then other people have to do that job and then they'll start complaining you know yes so, um you're you're kind of put in this um in this weird position and, and honestly that's you know people ask all the time like would you would you go back and do this again and and if there's one thing one reason why i would not is this you know just a hiring yeah. firing managing yeah we're also very intentional about our relationships with our staff members. So um, like hmm. at least once a week, I, I'll pull one of them or two of them aside and I'll take them into our back room or out on the back steps or like, Hey, let's go for a walk, you know, and just like, you know, how are you feeling? What, what do you, what do you feel is coming naturally this week? And what do you think is a struggle? Like, you know, as a manager and a boss here, a leader here, like what are some things that you think I could do to help you or, is there anything that like, do I have blind spots that I don't see? Cause I'm new at this too, that like, um, it's okay to point them out to me. Like I, it's only <laughs> going to make me better if you tell me what they are. So like, let's not make it weird. Like, please tell me, <laughs> I want to, I want to yeah. be as good at this as I can be. And I'm not going to get there if, if you guys feel like you can't talk. Yeah. So like, yeah. I think just keeping those lines of communication open with our staff has yeah. really helped us get to this really like, deeper level with them really quickly yeah and it seems to true. be contributing to their happiness here because they feel like they have a voice and they have that yeah. the right to speak up and say things when they want to see a change somewhere and and we're open to it like we're not we've never claimed to know what we're doing so yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. No, that's that's cool I, I i tried to fake it all the time you know when i was there even if i didn't i'll be like you know, so you guys are doing it right because with me, you know, I'd be like, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, yeah, you can't, you, you can't fool me, and then I'd be like, oh, you know, yeah, 
you know, so, so you're doing it. You're definitely doing it right now. I know I, I told you guys I was only going to keep you for 30 minutes and I've kept you for an hour, but I have one last question. Yeah, um, and cause I know, you know, you guys are tired as well. Um, if you had to do this over again. What would you do differently? Hmm. I think I know mine. What's yours? Get a bookkeeper from the start. Oh, good one. Yeah, that is I, a great one. See, I see this is Jez. I was like, yo, I was like, oh, I got an MBA. Well, that was like 13 years ago. Like, I know how to do finance, but no, like being an accountant and being a bookkeeper, like you, even if you get it, which I don't, um, most of it, the tedium or tediousness, yeah, reconciliation. And, oh my gosh. And you're, you also like, I'm from tech. Like, I think I understand these integrations between Square and QuickBooks. They barely work. Yeah. You know? yeah. And like, it's like shoestrings and duct tape, but like these bookkeepers get in there and like, boop, 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 because they, they do it every day. Right. And so uh, I would say doing that from the beginning um, probably could have saved me a lot of headaches and a lot of screwing up my QuickBooks that now the book keeper is fixing it costed me you know the hourly wage um but that that's mm. mine <laughs> yeah yeah ryan i i i even took classes at udemy on how to do quick books on yeah. the thing and i'd sit at night you know take youtube videos and whatever yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm, you know, I'll hire somebody. And, and yep. people are like, why are you paying $700 a year for a bookkeeper? And I was like, trust me, it's not worth my my nah. sanity, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, rather be $700 poorer, you know, than, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's, what's yours, Jamie? I think I would have educated myself more on the business aspect of things. I feel like I'm <laughs> getting there now, mm. but now I'm I'm already in it right so I'm learning as I go instead of preparing myself before I start but I almost wonder if the ignorance is part of why we've been <laughs> successful because yeah. I think if they if I had thought I knew what I was doing maybe I would have done things differently in a bad way if that makes sense because yeah, I would yeah, yeah. I would have been, been doing prideful. things the yeah. way things are supposed to be done and like you said yeah. with the, the blessing corner like not adding revenue mm. to our space or something like maybe I wouldn't have been as excited about that space because I would have been thinking about it from a money aspect if I had read all the business books and stuff that I've been looking into now and listening to all the business podcasts and um I think I think it's there's a lot of really great information out there and we always say like I can't imagine opening a business 20, 30 years ago before the internet and before <laughs> podcasts and oh, before yeah. the oh. resources that we have available to us now. Like I, that just boggles my mind that people even were able to have successful businesses before <laughs> you had the internet at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. But oh. I just, I think social media for me, Ryan, Ryan does the um, financial aspect of the business and a lot of the CFO, COO. Yeah, inventory <laughs> management type stuff yeah. like back of house is very much Ryan's strong suit, whereas I'm very mm -hmm. much in the marketing aspect. I run all of our social medias, all of our partnerships with our various vendors in the cafe. Um, design. Design, yeah. <laughs> the the kind of decor. all of like our branding and decor and stuff like that and all of the customer fo focused 
or customer facing aspect of the business is on me, but I don't have any background in that. Um, I I think Mm -hmm. educating myself through various podcasts and stuff is helpful, but maybe I would have taken a few classes on marketing or I would have um, like gone and gotten a business degree or something before. Before opening a business in the I don't year know. we had, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I will tell you this. Um, well, like I'll tell you two things about why I think you're doing it the right way. One, um, I, I don't know if you know the story of the the Spanx, the the lady that that invented those. Uh, I do, yes. Yeah, right. Like she's like, I don't know what I was doing. I just called Nordstrom, yep. but hey, I want to come over. Whereas yep. like regular people were like setting appointments for a year later because the schedule and whatever. Yeah. So, so that's one thing. The other thing is uh, it's kind of funny because like, I mean, right now, obviously I work for a university and, and I also teach a, an MBA class here in, in marketing. And I've, and before, like it was, it was strictly like a intro to marketing for MBA students, right? Like this is this, this is this, this is mm-hmm. whatever, five forces, whatever, all those things where now I've actually tweaked it around where I've literally um, turned the class into how to start a business using the coffee shop as an idea, right? Like, and, and then at the end of it, it's like, I tell my students, okay, your final thing is going to be whatever amazing idea you had in your head when you're five years old. I want you to kind of, now I've told you the steps. Now I want you to kind of turn them into a business and you see all kinds of weird stuff, well, amazing <laughs> things like how to protect bees or how to do <laughs> yeah. this or whatever, but like really thought out, right? Like That's with really cool. how I'm going to turn it into a money-making thing and we're going to do this to the bees and whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just like, you know, I mean, just like Ryan kind of having gone through the MBA, like I realized I didn't know anything about business until I, you yeah. know, like you did put a first nail on a wall and had to yeah. write my own check. That's when you, that's when everything clicks. That's when like 35 years of experience clicks when you're signing your name to that check yep. and you really don't know if you have that money in the bank yet or not. And oh yeah. 20 minutes to make it happen. Right. Yep. Um, so it was signing, <laughs> signing the loan paperwork with our bank. Yeah. Yeah. Like so reality check. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want you to have that chip on your shoulder, you know, that, oh, other people with businesses would have done a better job. I mean, listen, like, I mean, Ryan, you're, you're in tech. I mean, Google is the biggest company out there and you can name the hundreds of products they fail at every yeah. single year, right? Like Google Wave, where's that at? Um, yeah. and like the smartest people in the world, right? So like, Yep. You know, um, I, I think we 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 tend to take ourselves too seriously and, and just as as long as you got a financial plan and you're going to try to hit that goal in two years or three years, you're doing the right things. Yeah. Experience experience is the best teacher um, yeah. or the way, you know, I, I we also say it is the work will teach you how to do it. Yeah. You know, um, and I think. I don't know. We, we, a lot of people have it, I think, but we have very strong imposter syndrome where <laughs> we think if somebody's going to find out that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and I think that fear yeah. drives, drove us for a long time and, you know, drives a lot of people like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. There are better people. Um, but when, you know, you're driving around your groceries <laughs> you know, bringing in milk yeah. because you need milk that day, you know, it's like, 
and I think I drove by like a, an Asian place the other day and there was a minivan parked unloading some stuff in the back. Like you just go and do it and you'll yeah. figure out how to do it. Like not everybody has everything figured out. Not everybody is, you know, a whiz at things, but you know, like you said, if you have a passion for it and you, and you love doing it and you love the you know reward that you get from your customers, then the work is fun you know, and uh, that's not to say you won't be stressed and have, you know, bad days. But at the end of the day, if, if you really feel like you're making a difference, then, you know, it's, you'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. you're not the first company that opened and struggled and, you know, had to do payroll. There's a million resources out there to help you if you're just willing to fight that fear and not let that fear turn into stagnation. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of people, they like their routines and that's great. And they get stuck in that. But you know, I think great things can happen if you just push through it. And like you said, do that idea that you had at five when you had starry eyes, because, oh. you know, maybe you'll be the next Spanx or the next Google, oh. right? And yeah. Yeah. So. Um, on, I mean, you you kind of hit a, a chord with the imposter sen syndrome thing, because I, I, I think about that a lot. And, and what I've realized thinking about it is, you know, that when, when, when you get that sensation, um, I, I reframe it as I must be learning something new. That's why I feel like they're going to catch me because I don't know. <laughs> right. So like, I must be learning something new. And when I, once I approach it that way, it's like, I, I'm just learning here, man. Like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing yeah. either. You know, like you're faking it too. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's what learning is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think while you're trying to show, like, you know what you're doing. You yeah. Know? I'm impressed at how many people come up to Jamie and like, who does your social media? And it's like, right? Jamie yeah. does it through Canva and <laughs> listening to, um, you know, another, a social media podcast. Yeah. Um, with like tips and tricks. With tips on and tricks. And media. yeah, like it's, you just, you can do figure it. it out. Yeah. You, you know? figure it out. And if you can't, you pay for it. But, yeah. and sometimes it's funny. Like I've, I've loved watching you like, um, I didn't know you were like a good social media marketer. Like she has like, I think the the emotional like psychology aspect of things. She's a good people reader and stuff. And I think that plays into well into designing good, good mm -hmm. ads and marketing. Um, but the application to, oh. you know, a Facebook or Instagram post never happened, but it's been cool to see her blossom. And if she had, you know, bought into the fear that she couldn't do it or didn't know how to do it, then it never would have happened. And, and now like, I mean, I'm very proud of our our Instagram and you know Facebook, and I think a lot of people have come because of the marketing that she quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes. I don't know. Maybe they only can see her on Spotify, but yeah. like they didn't know how to do. They came yeah. in for those posts that you know she probably had imposter syndrome with, but it resonated. With, yeah, but people yeah. come in and you know love those posts, and it's I don't know. It's just really cool to see. So. Yeah, you'll discover something about yourself if you push yourself into, uh, you know, stretching. Well, I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to see your number one fan because I'm sure your parents are the number one fans. But, um, you know, I, I like I've followed you guys from afar. I love what you guys um, are doing. And, um, you know, um, I thank you for for, you know, just basically spending an hour with me and just telling me about all the cool things that you guys are doing. I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, and just the fact that you're here, you know, just the fact that you're, you know, in a business four months into it, 
you know, it seems like the customers love it. You're getting media attention, you know, locally. Um, you feel good about what you're doing. That's really important, you know? So, I mean, that's that's a win, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, these businesses are tough, right? Like a coffee yeah. business is oh, yeah. tough, right? And, and you now know it as well. Um, and you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out ways to make money, um, and to turn this into a, a good revenue experience. And, and I, you know what, I, I got a feeling that this is not going to be the first one. So, uh, yeah. you know, when are you moving up here? How do you feel about going back to Boston? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cold there. I'm kind of used to that cold. All right, here we are at the end of uh, this episode. Um, I had a lot of fun interviewing Jamie and uh, Ryan, and I thank them a lot for this very, very candid uh, conversation um, and wish them the best of luck. If you um, have used the podcast to start a new shop or are in the process of starting a new shop and or are currently running a business and it's helping you i'd love to hear from you um, email me dolani at gmail.com d-o-l-l-a-n-i at uh, gmail.com and um yeah in, enjoy this advice and uh, maybe i'll record another episode soon <laughs>